Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 153 of the Speaking Club podcast. There are three definitions of the word pitfall I've come across. A hidden or unsuspected danger or difficulty. What happens after taking a long subway journey in the summer when there's standing room only. And two years of Jennifer Aniston's life. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So... If you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hello! I hope you're holding up okay and taking care of yourself and your loved ones. With everything going on, it can feel a big effort to do anything business-related at the moment. I know all I want to do is play board games. But I know things are going to change this year and making the investment to get your messaging nailed and your speaking skills expanded will set you up for success when things start opening up in the spring. So, as you probably know, your elevator pitch is one of the first and most important marketing assets you need to get together. It's also likely to be the first bit of public speaking you do relating to your business. And considering both the significant positive or negative impact it can have on your business, it's surprising how few people invest in learning how to create and deliver it with power and impact. But that's not you, because you're here. And in this show, you're going to learn my 12 pitching pitfalls that I think you should avoid. And I want this episode to help you make your pitch a platform on which you can build your speaking confidence build meaningful business connections, and build your sales. And if you want to go deeper and get more coaching and support on this stuff, then do check out my Standout Pitching Bootcamp, which starts very soon. You'll be working live with me and you're going to get everything you need to nail your marketing message fundamentals and a pitch you're excited to share. And the reason I do this boot camp is because I often find when I'm coaching speakers that they haven't got this stuff nailed. And to be honest, there's no point in getting out there speaking unless you have this stuff sorted out and you're clear and you can communicate it all clearly. So to find out more and book your space, go to storyledmarketing.com. That's story and LED marketing.com slash pitching. And I'll look forward to seeing you there. Right, let's crack on with this show. The first pitfall I want to talk to you about, number one, is failing to grab attention. And that's why you've always got to remember when you're creating anything to do with speaking, pitching, webinars or podcasts, your first job is to get past your audience's crock brain. Now, you've heard me talk about this before. I'm sure I talk about it a lot and I'm going to keep on harping on about it because it's so important. Your pitch intro has got to shock your audience and get their crock brain to go, wait, what? If you can grab the attention of the crock brain, which acts like a bouncer for every bit of information that we get, then your message 
has got past the first hurdle and your audience will be open to hearing the rest of it. Now, I go into more detail on this croc brain and the attention and how to get it in episode 144. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Okay, the second thing you need to look out for, the pitfall, is making yourself the main course. You've got to be a condiment to your message, not the main course. You've got to make them interested enough to care before you start talking about you and giving you your name. They're not going to be interested unless they've already bought into what you're talking about. Okay, so don't start your pitch with who you are and all your qualifications and achievements because unless you've got them to the point where your authority becomes of interest to them because they've bought in emotionally and logically, they're not going to remember, they're not going to be interested. Unfortunately, with everything, it's, it's about us first and what you can do for us and then we'll be interested in you. It's later on in the customer acquisition journey that people are interested in that stuff. Okay, so remember, it's not about you until a bit later on. The next pitfall is not articulating the problem. So there's a book called Play Bigger, which I've talked about before. And in that book, and this is absolutely true, they suggest that the person who is able to articulate the problem best is the one that will win. And the reason for that is if you become synonymous, if you become known for that problem, people are going to come to you for the solution. So if you're the one that's brought it to people's attention, you're the one that keeps banging on about why this is an issue, people are naturally going to come to you for the solution. So in your pitch, you've got to be clearly articulating what that problem is and why it matters. And then in you know the way you keep posting, you keep speaking, you've got to evangelize that problem. And remember, it takes quite a few times for people to hear things for it to actually register with them. So don't shy away from keeping on about it because it is so important and you do want to become synonymous with it. Okay, the next pitfall is having done sort of articulated that problem, you need to check whether it is easily understandable and I you know talked about in the in the show notes what you're going to learn the messaging guru that could be living in your house is a five-year-old if you've got one Um, children are brilliant to test your messaging on because if you can get a five-year-old to understand what the problem is then it's going to be very simple for you to get it across to most everyone you meet and you think might think that's a bit patronizing and a bit simplistic well let me tell you there is a venture capital firm in silicon valley and one of the tests that they have of people that are pitching them for funding for you know startups and stuff is that a five-year-old could understand the problem okay so It may seem simplistic, but you have got to make sure that it's understandable and also relatable for people. Okay, next pitfall is just talking to the problem and not talking to the pain. So one of the things that we need to understand about people is that, yes, there is a surface problem, but we've also got to peel back the layers of that problem And keep asking why it's a problem for them. Why, why, why? So that we get to the fundamental pain that they want to avoid. 
And if you can speak to both the problem and the pain that they want to avoid, you are going to connect with them at a much deeper level and you're going to give them that burning platform to take action. So I always use the example of leaves on a lawn. And the obvious reason why someone would want leaves off cleared off their lawn is that you know it's good for the there's lots of surface reasons you know it's good for the grass it's whatever but the fundamental when you peel back the layers often it comes down to status they don't want their lawn to let the neighborhood down they don't want their neighbors judging them so that's just an example but you've got to get to the base pain and talk to that as well as the surface level problem in your pitch okay Next pitfall is not embracing objections. I'm not saying you do all this stuff necessarily in the same pitch, although depending on what time you've got, that might be uh, you might be able to do that. But this is where you start to get other opportunities for different pitches. You know, you need to understand what people's objections are because often you're, you're networking in the same place. And if you know what their objections are, then you can, you know, have a few different pitches, you know, talking about the problem, but also addressing an objection someone might have to buying your product or service or into your change or idea. So objections are really important and they normally come in three categories. Objections related to your vehicle, and I'll talk about that in a second, to any internal uh, limiting beliefs and then external factors like time, money and so on. So the best thing is probably to give you an example of what I mean by vehicle to help you with that objection. So my vehicle is speaking, for instance. So people might have objections about speaking. Um, that you know come in different categories as well. So they might have you know, speaking itself. Then they might have objections that are based on their own limitations around speaking. You know their confidence. They didn't think they could do it, and so on. So for your business, for your product idea or project or change, you need to think about what objections people might have, and then start proactively addressing them in your pitches. Okay. Next. Next pitfall is features. Now, best will in the world, this comes back to almost like the the thing I said about you being the main course. To be interested enough in the features of your thing, people need to have already emotionally bought into it. So if you start talking about all the features and the, you know, the logical stuff around your product or service, you will turn people off unless they're ready. Okay, so you've got to get them to buy in emotionally first. Stories are amazing for that, as I always say. And you've also got to overcome their objections. So it's pointless going into detail about the features of your product, service, idea or project, unless you've got past those hurdles first. It's a bit like trying to sell the plane uh, when people go to a travel agent to buy a holiday. No one's interested in the plane. They want the destination, the experience uh, the sunshine, whatever uh, that the travel agent, you know, is selling to them. Okay, next pitfall is not building that emotion into your pitch. People need to buy in emotionally first. So you've got to have that in your message. You've got to talk about their pain. You've got to infuse your message with passion as well. You've got to have, you know, you've got to create emotion but you've also got to show them that you're passionate about it you need to have energy you need to show feeling in there if you've got a story about why this is important to you put it in your pitch make it engaging and authentic show them why you 
and your clients care about what you're doing. All right. So infuse your message with passion. Okay. This is something I see often with pitches and it's really frustrating, especially when people have done all of the hard legwork up front to get people emotionally bought in. They've dealt with objections and then they fail at the last hurdle to ask for the action they want people to do, you know, to take. Um, so you need to make sure that you're clear and you, you communicate clearly to the people that are listening to your pitch what you want them to do next. What is the action you want them to take? Is it to check out your website? Is it to email you? Is it to fill out an application form? Is it to say yes? Whatever that call to action is, and it needs to be appropriate for where they are on the customer acquisition journey. You know, this is very similar to like going to a bar and asking someone to marry you on the first date doesn't work. I've talked about that before. So you've got to mar marry the call to action you're asking for, for where these people are on that customer acquisition journey. If you haven't built up that no like trust or the authority or the expertise, you know, then it's too soon. So just could be reading a blog, could be, so, you know, something simple. Or if they're further along the journey, you could ask for the sale. So make sure you have a call to action. Okay, next one. This is important. It's a real simple timekeeping thing. But my advice to you is do not go over your allotted pitching time. You'll upset the other people waiting. It's disrespectful and it shows that you haven't prepared or practiced enough. So the way to get around this is definitely to prepare your pitch and practice your pitch so you know the timings of it. You don't want to look like a total loser by going over your allotted time slot and stealing time from other people. Okay, next one. You need to deliver your pitch confidently. So there's no point in having a great pitch and delivering it badly. So that is about, obviously, preparation, is about practice, it's about getting coaching and feedback, if you can, from people to develop your speaking skills and your speaking confidence. You know, obviously... You can just over time, you'll get better, but you don't want to miss out on a great opportunity on an important pitch because you haven't you know, nailed the delivery of it. So do I think it's worth investing? Obviously, I would say that. But even if it's just to sort of practice it in front of other people and get their feedback, uh, record yourself and listen back. You'll see how you're growing. But you know, if you can uh, afford to invest in some coaching, then do get that to make sure you're delivering your pitch in a powerful, impactful way that's going to create the result that you want. Next thing, last pitfall to avoid is just having one pitch. When you're starting out, that's fine. But especially if you are doing networking on a regular basis, you will be going back to the same place. And whilst you need to keep on articulating and evangelizing the problem, you need to obviously keep it different you know, in variety, because you've got to get past that crock brain. If you're saying the same thing over and over again, they'll expect it, they'll switch off. So you need to keep some variety in there. And there are different angles that you can use for pitches, different stories you can use, different objections you can uh, address, all still selling the same idea, project change, service, product, whatever it is. But you've got to mix it up a bit, keep people interested, keep people leaning in, keep them engaged and wanting to take that next step on the journey with you. So those are my 12 pitching pitfalls. I trot through them 
Um, there are other episodes. I think we've got two episodes on pitching at least. And I will put links to those in the show notes so that uh, you can find out more. Uh, but here are your takeaways. So first of all, grab attention from the start. And that episode 144, I think, has got some different ideas for you to use there. Uh, articulate the problem. Make it easy to understand. Remember that guru that could be living in your house, that five-year-old? Um, speak to the underlying pain of the problem. Don't just speak to the surface problem. Think about objections and dismantle them proactively in your pitches. Build in stories and show your passion to keep people engaged. Leave out details about you and your product or service that people can find out later when they're at the right point in the customer journey to be interested. Make sure you always have a call to action and prepare and practice your pitch so that you're excited and ready to share it and you keep to any required time limits. And lastly, have a few different pitches that you cycle through to keep people engaged and to move them along the customer journey. And as I said, if you want to go deeper on this stuff, get some expert coaching and guidance around this to get those marketing message fundamentals nailed and a pitch that you are excited and confident to share, then do check out my standout pitching bootcamp. And you can find that at storyledmarketing.com. Excellent. Well, I hope you got value out of today's show. And, you know, if you did and you're new to the show, then do subscribe. We've got some great guests coming up. We've got some brilliant shows coming up. I know that they're going to help you on your speaking and business journey going forward. And if you are a regular listener, but you haven't left a review or rating yet, then I would be so grateful if you could do that. It takes a lot of effort to put the show together. And I really appreciate the ratings and reviews that we get because it gives me feedback and it also helps other people find the show. And that will take you just two minutes. If you go to ratethispodcast.com slash TSC for the speaking club, you can go and do that there very easily for whatever platform you're listening on. Well, all that's left for me to say is thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, stay in action, and I will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Getting to practice your speaking in front of an audience is a crucial part of testing your message and developing your skills and experience as a speaker. Yet opportunities to do this in the right environment can be hard to find. Add in the chance to get expert feedback and coaching on your content structure and delivery and the opportunities are even fewer. But that's what you'll get as a member of the Speaking Club Live. Each week we'll be focusing on a different aspect of business speaking, from pitching to presenting to videos and lives. There'll be hot speak slots and you'll get the chance to practice sharing your message, your storytelling, your humour and all the different aspects of speaking in front of me and other members. Then you'll get feedback and coaching from me and your peers so that you're moving forward on your speaking journey with accountability and support. If you'd like to find out more about how you can become a member of the Speaking Club Live so that you can build your confidence, improve your delivery and become a better speaker, then go to saraharcher.co.uk slash club now.